What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, July 1st, 2015. As always, broadcasted from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts, which reminds me, 4th of July is almost here, and Beantown Athletics is the perfect place to get your gear. Swing by the store on Granite Ave in Dorchester, Massachusetts, or give them a call, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics also specializes in custom uniforms and business apparel as the only in-house union screen printer in Boston. Follow them on Twitter at Beantown underscore dot and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Beantown Athletics. Also on Instagram at Beantown Athletics. And when you do give them a call, make sure you tell them that I sent you. 617-282-4181. Again, that's 617-282-4181. And as I mentioned, 4th of July weekend, whatever you're doing, cookout, going to the beach, uh, just going up the park for a little bit. Also here at Beantown Athletics, they just received a whole lot of can jam and wiffle ball, bats, balls, you name it. They have all your supplies for a 4th of July party. This place will be closed on Friday. I will not be here Friday because of the 4th of July. Now, obviously, Friday is the 3rd, but a lot of people take the 3rd. They're going to take the 3rd here at Beantown Athletics. I'm going to take the 3rd here at the Danny Picard Show. So tomorrow's show, Thursday's podcast, will be the last one of the week, and we'll actually be recording that later on in the day, later than usual. Uh, So that'll be available to you. Tomorrow's podcast will be available to you Thursday night and then all weekend long. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can subscribe on iTunes and really anywhere that you can get a podcast. So here we go, Wednesday, July 1st. What is on the agenda for today? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on because today is the first day of free agency, not just in the NBA, but also in the NHL. Now, NBA began free agency. NBA began free agency officially at midnight. NHL free agency begins, well, it, uh, it begins at noon today, but as we get you set for, I mean, really, it begins today. Ofi- you know, things officially can't happen till noon, but you know how this thing works. Free free agency, it, it both, both leagues, we'll just say today, all right? July 1st, that is when free agency begins, and you take a look around both leagues, and, uh, you know, first and foremost, let's let's get some of the bigger names out of the way. Uh, at least the things that have happened. NBA, Kawhi Leonard, as far as I know and what I'm seeing as before I jumped on this and hit record for today's podcast, before we did this, Kawhi Leonard seems to be the big deal. He signs a max contract or at least agrees to a max contract to stay with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, the NBA Finals MVP, uh, not too long ago, not this e- not this year, the year before. Um, the, so the Spurs keep Kawhi Leonard. Uh, also seeing possibly Danny Green is going to stay around there. And we know the Spurs are going to pursue LaMarcus Aldridge. And we know that LaMarcus Aldridge has the Spurs on the top of his list. But the Lakers will also be involved. We're going to hear the Lakers for a couple big-name players. Uh, we're already hearing them involved in LaMarcus Aldridge, we see now that Kevin Love will talk to the Lakers. Kevin Love, who opted out of his deal with Cleveland, even though the last couple days reports are telling me, telling us all, that Kevin Love is most likely going to return to Cleveland, or at least Cleveland believes that they have the best shot to bring him back, and they believe that he will be back. And we also saw you know, a meeting between LeBron James and Kevin Love somewhere in a cabana at some pool. I don't even know where that was, but Love and LeBron have talked this offseason. They have met. Uh, Reports have led me to believe that Kevin Love would be going back to Cleveland initially, but as I told you, deep down inside, the things that I've seen from Kevin Love, the things that I've heard come out of his mouth, I, I, I would actually be surprised if he does return to Cleveland, especially now that you hear he will go and talk to the Lakers. 
He will. And I don't know if he's doing that with to try to get some leverage out of the Cavaliers on a potential deal. Uh, the Cavaliers, I, I just, I've always had this feeling that Kevin Love wants to go to L.A., right? And if the Lakers are there and he can sign a big contract with them, as much as they keep telling me he's going back to Cleveland, I just can't, I can't sit here and sit here and tell you I'm going to rule out the Lakers, especially now that I find out today and the reports say that he's going to meet with L.A. Now, the Celtics, bringing it back here locally for a few minutes, the Celtics want to meet with Kevin Love as well. You know, if Kevin Love's going to go on this tour as a free agent and meet with teams, uh, whether it's to actually seriously consider signing with those teams or whether it's to get some leverage in a negotiation with the Cleveland Cavaliers to return there, I don't know. But the Celtics, at least they want to be a part of it. At least they would like to meet with Kevin Love. Will he meet with the Celtics? I'm not sure. He will meet with the Lakers. That is what we're hearing. So free agency in the NBA, I'm sure, you know, who knows? By the time you listen to this podcast, guys might have signed. uh, Maybe Jimmy Butler doesn't sign the max deal in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe Greg Monroe ends up in another place. We'll wait and see. When those, here's what we'll do. Because this is a podcast and it's an on-demand listen, I don't think I'm going to tell, I'm I'm not going to sit here and pick apart the free agent class and tell you, you know, what's going to happen with these guys. So what we'll do is we'll react to whatever happens. We will. But the one name that I've always sort of focused on, which is Kevin Love, since he's opted out, there are things that we're hearing. Here's what we know. He's going to talk with the Lakers. That's really all we know. And when I hear he's going to talk with the Lakers, as much as people might want to say he's using it as leverage for a negotiation with Cleveland because they think he will end up back with the Cavaliers, me personally, I cannot rule out Kevin Love actually leaving Cleveland and going to the Lakers. I do think it's a possibility. I won't rule that out. So we got NBA free agency. We also got NHL free agency today. And, um... you know, it, it's funny because we we tro- the last couple days and maybe even weeks we've trying we've been trying to get a vibe on the on the defenseman um, money situation in the National Hockey League, right? For defensemen, like what what is the um, you know when we look around when we look at some of the top defensemen in the league, right? Um, what is the going rate for a top pair defenseman? What's the going rate for a top four defenseman? What's the market for these guys? We're trying to figure that out. Now, we saw what Dougie Hamilton signed yesterday. And the news came out, and I was doing things. I tweeted that I was still chasing the selfie deer. But, yeah, I wasn't, obviously. I wasn't still chasing them. Even though I didn't know they caught the selfie deer. They did. It was in someone's backyard on Ellen Fifth. Or something, which is still amazing to me that this fucking deer running around Southie. I don't know. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. People try to tell me, uh, oh, well, it's logical. The deer swims from, what? I mean, what? It, it doesn't make, it just, I, it just doesn't calculate. It just, I doesn't make any sense to me that there's a deer running around Southie. Uh, I tried chasing it the other day. I couldn't find it. But it was in, I was in the vicinity, apparently. I was right there. I, you know, you play the game, are you, is he hot, is he cold? I was hot for a couple blocks. I was right around that thing. I couldn't get it. Um, but yesterday, I, I tweeted that I was still trying to chase the Celtic deer. And that's why I missed all the Dougie Hamilton news. Now, I didn't react on Twitter to the Dougie Hamilton news. And there is Dougie Hamilton news. But you see the contract. So I'll react to it today. You see the contract Dougie Hamilton signed with the Calgary Flames just days after being traded from the Boston Bruins on Friday uh, for three draft picks, a first and two seconds, first round and two second round picks. You, you, you see what Dougie Hamilton signed now with the Calgary Flames. If you didn't, I'll give it to you. Six years, $34.5 million. That comes out to $5.75 million per season. And I'll, I'll get to where the Bruins factor into all that and and what my reaction now is to the deal that Dougie signed and the trade that the Bruins made and and the criticism that I have given Don Sweeney the Bruins new GM for making this trade I'll get to my reaction to that in just a minute but first and foremost you know the last even before he signed that you know you're trying to get a feel for the market for defensemen and 
you know, especially top four defensemen, but even more specifically, top pair defensemen. Number one or a number two, left or right side, whatever, top pair. We're trying to figure out the market. And if you want to know what the players and the agents think, which they're going to set the standard for the market, they will. Mark Giordano, okay, Calgary Flames. Giordano wants, here's what he wants. For the people that thought Dougie Hamilton was crazy for asking for 7.5 mil over seven, eight years, right? A year, 7.5 mil a year uh, for seven, eight years. Um, here, is, here is really where I think, you know, you need to say maybe Dougie wasn't that crazy. Mark Giordano wants 72 mil. Over eight years. And if you don't have your calculator in front of you, that comes out to $9 million a season. The craziest part about this is he'll be 30, Giordano will be 32 years old in October. 32 years old in October. Now, Dougie Hamilton just turned 22. Okay? Dougie Hamilton just turned 22. And if you ask me what I would rather do as a GM in the National Hockey League, Give Mark Giordano $9 million a season over eight years, and that contract will begin at the age of 32. Or I can give Dougie Hamilton, who just turned 22, I can give him $7.5 million a season over eight years. I will do the latter. It's, it's, a, it's actually a no-brainer to me. I will give Dougie Hamilton the $7.5 million over eight years, any day of the fucking week. Like, it's not even, it's not even up for debate to me. I tell you what, wait a minute. What are you going to do? You're going to give, you want me to pay Mark Giordano $9 million a season when he turns, I, I mean, what age do you want to start this at? When he turns 36, you want me to pay him $9 million a year? Now, Mark Giordano, look, this guy's been in the league for a while, and I, you know, I know that, that all the, the Mark Giordano rage last year about how good this guy was, and people had given him the Norris Trophy before he got injured. They were giving, they were giving this guy the Norris Trophy in December. You know, I heard people in the media. And, you know, look, he, Mark Giordano's a, he's a very good player. He's, he's a, he's a top-hit defenseman who's obviously a tremendous talent for the Calgary Flames, a team that I think surprised a lot of people, or at least, you know what, I, maybe I can't speak for other people. They surprised me last year. Doug, uh, and they add Dougie Hamilton to the mix. The Flames are going to be very good, and their defensive core is de- absolutely going to be one of the tops in the league, and Giordano's presence there is a major reason why, okay? So I- I'm going to be careful to, to not try to shit on this guy right now, but at the same time, you know, you want to talk about crazy contracts for top pair defensemen around the league the couple, the last couple days, the last couple weeks? Uh, I heard some people roll their eyes at what Dougie Hamilton wanted. Well, if you're going to roll your eyes at what a 22-year-old Dougie Hamilton wanted, which was 7.5 mil uh, a year over an eight-year span, what are you, what's your reaction going to be to Giordano wanting 9 mil a season over an eight-year span? I mean, in which that contract begins at 32. And I know you, you're going to get your people who will say, well, Giordano is proven more than Dougie. Well, wait a minute. I, I mean, Giordano's proven more than Dougie Hamilton? Um, I, I guess you could say he's proven more than Dougie Hamilton Maybe 2010, 2011, 2013, 14. You know, last year, obviously, his season came to a to a, a crashing halt, and that was disappointing because, you know what, if he kept going on the pace he was playing at, Giordano probably would have won the Norris. But but, but Dougie Hamilton, to me, that, that argument doesn't make much sense because Dougie Hamilton, to me, when his career is over, We'll, you'll look back and you'll say, you can't even really compare the two, in my opinion. You, you, you can't. You can't even really compare the two. And 
I think that Dougie will meet expectations. And, and the way I see, because the argument with Dougie Hamilton, whether or not he'd be worth the contract, whether or not he's proven it, whether or not, whether you thought he would end up, uh, you know, deserving the money he was asking for. I just think the people that, that, that don't, didn't want him back at that price, at seven and a half mil for eight years, I think we just saw a different player. And, and I, I don't know that I will ever be able to convince anybody uh, from what we saw the last two and a half years from Dougie Hamilton, if you do, if you didn't see it then, then I I can't convince you. You know, I could tell you to look at the numbers at the same time, and if you look at the numbers, any look at any level, every level Dougie Hamilton's been asked to progress, he's progressed at the level he's been asked, and then some. I mean, he had forty two points last year. He had forty two points. Dougie Hamilton had 42 points last season. He did. And, you know, if you want to take the 72 games he played and look at the 64 games Mark Giordano played in 13-14, and that's not last year, I'm talking about two years ago, Giordano played 64 games in 2013-2014, two years ago. Giordano had 47 points. You know, 47 points for a guy who's what? What was he, 29 then? Dougie Hamilton last year at what, 21 years old? Uh, At 42 points. So, you know, you look at these things, and then you also watch them play. And the improvements, I don't know how much more Giordano's going to improve. I, I, You want to talk about peaking? I think we might be reaching the point where Giordano, we say this is what he is. Now, again, I'm trying not to knock him with that. Because he's obviously a very good player, and he's somebody who's a top-pair defenseman. And there's a reason why the Calgary Flames uh, are going to be so good defensively next year. But, you know, Dougie Hamilton's only getting better. And if you can't see that, then we're just watching a different game. Right? But even the way that Dougie's improved, I, I, I will keep pounding this message home. At every level, the OHL, and then going to the NHL. Uh, by the way, in Boston, with a whole lot of pressure on you, as the number nine overall pick, when you were 17, 18 years old, you get brought up, here you go. All of a sudden, you're a top-pair defenseman, and you put up 42 points. I would call that some pretty good progression from the 25 points he had the year before. From the 16 points he had the year before that. If you've listened to the show, you know. I'm a Dougie Hamilton guy, okay? I'm a Dougie Hamilton guy. And when Dougie Hamilton got traded last Friday, I was very upset. I was very upset. Upset to the point where I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. I couldn't understand it. I I ranted on WEI Saturday night. I ranted back on this podcast on Monday. I ranted a little more yesterday as Joe McDonald from ESPN Boston joined me. And we were both trying to figure out and wrap our brains around around why the Boston Bruins would trade a 22-year-old defenseman who, again, has proven to improve, who's got all the tools that seemingly every quote that I read about Dougie Hamilton from a GM in the National Hockey League is head over he, – they give him – they don't just give him praise – they give him head over heels praise, okay? Um, they give him over the top. When I say over the top, I mean not over the top. Maybe over the top's the wrong phrase. They give him the type of praise that that you would expect from someone that has maybe been in the league for eight years type of praise. You know, he's got this, he's got that, he's got the size, he's got the skill, he's got the stride, he's got the mind, he's got the brain for the game, he's got the hands, he's got the speed, he's got the physical tools, and he's improving defensively. He's got it all. I mean, it's you don't hear many players get this type of praise from a GMs around the league. And I've seen this type of praise the last couple days for him. And when, when you, for those reasons... I'm be, I've been trying to figure out why the Bruins would trade him, okay? Now, at first glance, at first glance, we obviously knew there was a contract situation. 
Dougie Hamilton was a restricted free agent, a restricted free agent, and what we were hearing he wanted was 7.5 mil a year over eight years. That's what he wanted. The Bruins were, uh, were not going to go there, as we saw, and as we thought was was obvious based on the fact that they traded him, that they were not going to go there. Uh, another thing was, based on that, the Bruins made some moves that they thought they'd then be able to flip some of those assets in return from Calgary in order to move up in the draft and take possibly the kid Hannafin, young defenseman from Boston College with, who knows, the number three pick. You know, obviously we know he didn't go three, but they were going to move up to trade with Arizona. At least they were going to try to. That was going to be, you know, the situation that the Bruins were in. That that was the moves that they were trying to make when they traded Hamilton. Obviously, we know how that worked out. They were not able to move up in the draft. As it turns out, they found out the hard way just how difficult it is to make those moves to move up to get the number three pick. Actually, a quote from Don Sweeney. He said, we didn't, you know, we didn't realize just how difficult it would be, and we found that out today. Well, that's another reason why I crushed him. And it's a reason why I've crushed Danny Ainge. Zoo, because it takes two to tangle. You need another team to want your assets in order to make a trade work. And here's the reality of it. Those teams don't always want your assets. As valuable as you think they may be. Sometimes the team that has that high draft pick, they target a player that they want. And doesn't matter what you're going to give up to them. They're going to make that pick. And they're going to want that player. That's reality. And the Bruins found that out the hard way just like the Boston Celtics did last Thursday night when they were trying to move six draft picks just to move up to number nine overall or whatever they were trying to do. They couldn't move shit that night because other teams didn't want it. Even though the Celtics were trying to talk teams into it and saying, oh, you got a good pick here. You got a, who knows what could happen in 2019. Okay. Oh, okay, Danny. Well, guess what? We rather would just take this guy at nine overall. Okay? Because that's the guy we want. That's reality. So those factors combined, you know, uh, I've crushed Don Sweeney the last couple days. I've crushed him. Crushed him. Not just because I think the moves uh, that he made were somewhat panic moves, but also because, like you know, if you listen to me and you follow me on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you follow me, you know that I am a big Dougie Hamilton guy. I, I am not in the minority on that. And if I was in the minority on that, I would be really questioning the hockey IQ of a whole lot of people in this town. However, I cannot do that because it does seem, just by getting the vibe of what happened with the Dougie Hamilton situation, there are a lot of people in this town with high hockey IQs, okay? Now, you get some people who actually have, you know, pretty big names in this town who have actually said this quote the last couple days. They've said this quote. Dougie Hamilton is is not a very good player. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I look. I then we just see completely different things on the ice, right? That's a ludicrous statement. That's foolish statement, and it makes me scratch my head and slam my head against a desk or a wall as I sit here and pump out podcasts for you five days a week. Um, you know, I look. If you don't see the Dougie Hamilton is a tremendous talent, is only getting better, and will be a stud defenseman in this league, then I, I, I just you're either refusing to believe it on purpose, or you just don't you just don't understand what's going on in the ice. It's one of those two things, because the reality is Dougie Hamilton is a stud, and he's only get and he's only improving. He's only getting better, and um, you know that's why the Calgary Flames. Uh, so ecstatic today to not just have Dougie Hamilton with their team, but to also now have Dougie Hamilton under a contract that, in my opinion, is an absolute fucking steal. Six years, 34.5 mil, comes out to $5.75 million per season. This news came out yesterday. And when I see this contract and when I see the news of this deal that Dougie Hamilton signs with the Calgary Flames... You know, the first thing you do is go on Twitter, right? First thing you do, you go on Twitter. And I had a catch-up yesterday because I, I saw all this stuff late. 
You know, you got things to do. I had to, I had to catch up with what was going on. I did. And when I catch up, uh, a lot of the reaction to the deal that, that Dougie Hamilton signed was exactly what I had initially thought. Initially, which was Dougie Hamilton didn't want to play for the Boston Bruins. And that's that. That was my initial reaction. I go onto social media, and it's the initial reaction out of a lot of people that I have a whole lot of respect for, that Dougie Hamilton did not want to play for the Boston Bruins. Look, when a guy signs that type of deal with the team he just gets traded to as a restricted free agent, after asking for 7.5 mil a year from his previous team, then, yes, you know, common sense would tell you that, you know, that triggers a response in your brain that says, wow, I, I guess he was pricing himself out of town. And I guess there was a reason for it. And the more things began to trickle out yesterday, the more, the, the more that it was just, I don't want to say, um... I don't want to say it was absolutely the case, but but the more likely it became, and I'll get to that, why I believe that in a minute, the more likely it became that Dougie Hamilton did not want to play for the Bruins, and those things that came out, well, one, Dougie Hamilton held a conference call, right? They held a press conference, a conference call, and he was literally, they literally asked him, they said, hey, this is being portrayed, this deal that you signed with Calgary, that, that you wanted out of Boston. And you were pricing yourself out of town that you just did not want to sign with the Boston Bruins. You can de- you have an opportunity right now to deny that. I believe it was DJ Bean, W-E-E-I. I didn't listen to the conference call, but I did. I was trying to catch up with all these fucking tweets after. And you know how that goes. Because the minute you scroll down the Twitter page, it's like all of a sudden the top of the thing says, well, 25,000 new tweets. <laughs> so it's kind of impossible to, to get caught up completely. But I did my best. I made I made my best effort. So I I believe that I I believe it was DJ Bean who basically put it on him. Said, "Hey, you have an opportunity to deny this right now." And you know, if it wasn't DJ Bean, it was someone else. I really do apologize. I know some guys, you know, when they don't get the credit they they deserve, they they get upset. I'm not here to get other people um, upset about this issue. You know, let's just talk about, let's just focus on the issue at hand. If I'm wrong with this, I apologize, but I believe it was DJ Bean who basically put it on Dougie Hamilton and said, look, you have an opportunity to deny that you want it out of Boston. Can, will you deny it? Dougie Hamilton said, basically, basically no commenting. Which basically, now again, at first, the initial reaction in the craziness of the Dougie Hamilton saga, we come to the conclusion of, Oh, here's another thing that makes it more likely he wanted out. And then you get the report this morning. And I'm taking this from Fluto Shinzawa of the Boston Globe, who who wrote a tremendous piece, okay, in the Globe. And I believe it's online, too. It's online. That's where I read it. So it's definitely online. Um, Fluto Shinzawa, tremendous piece. But he also tweeted out today that the Bruins made three offers to Dougie Hamilton, but they did not receive a single counteroffer, that they got no counteroffers back from Dougie's team. And Fluto Shinzawa also provides a a, a quote in this tweet from Cam Neely. And the quote is simple. We wanted Dougie, end quote. So I'm assuming that Neely gave Fluto this information that is, well, the Bruins made three offers to Dougie and they got no counteroffers. All of those things that I just told you make it look fairly obvious that Dougie Hamilton was a player who did not want to play for the Boston Bruins. And for all of those factors, and for that, the fact that even someone like myself, as much as I think that Dougie Hamilton is going to be a stud, as much as I have knocked the Bruins the last couple days for not do you know for not signing him I've knocked them for trading him okay as as much of a Dougie Hamilton guy that I am even I see this stuff and I say to myself wow Don Sweeney looks a whole lot better today he does he looks a whole lot better today with this Dougie Hamilton situation and it almost seems like the more news that comes out about this 
the better Don Sweeney looks. The better Don Sweeney looks for for you know and 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 again, I want to I'm going to pump the brakes on this in a minute, but just for right now, given those examples that I gave you that one Dougie Hamilton signed a deal in Calgary that only gave him um yeah, it didn't even give him a million more per season than what the Bruins offer him, right? The fact that Dougie Hamilton and three offers from the Bruins, his team did not give them a single counteroffer. And the other thing being that Dougie Hamilton was on the record yesterday and had an opportunity, and they laid it out for him. The media laid it out. They said, you can deny that you want it out of Boston, right? And he had an opportunity to defend himself there, and he did not do it. And on those three things alone, okay, on those three things alone, it leads us to a conclusion that even someone like myself, who is such a big Dougie Hamilton guy, I have to believe that, yes, Dougie Hamilton wanted out of town. And because Dougie Hamilton wanted out of town and did not want to stay with the Bruins, okay, Don Sweeney today looks a whole lot better. There's no question. There's absolutely no question. I cannot deny that, and I will not deny that. It looks like Dougie Hamilton wanted out, and if Dougie Hamilton wanted out to the extent that it feels like he wanted out, Don Sweeney looks better today. He looks better than than the Don Sweeney that I thought we were seeing in which I was really crushing him the last couple days. Don Sweeney looks better today than he did yesterday. No doubt. No doubt. And I agree with a whole lot of people that were tweeting that out yesterday as this stuff unfolded that were tweeting it out today as this stuff unfolded. So, yes, Don Sweeney looks a whole lot better today. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, Danny, does that mean you're going to apologize to Don Sweeney? Are you going to apologize to the Boston Bruins? Are you going to apologize to Cam Neely? Are you going to say, I'm sorry for crushing the organization, for trading a 22-year-old stud defenseman and not giving him the contract he wanted? As a restricted free agent, Danny, are you now admitting, since you admitted, that Dougie Hamilton, it seems like he wanted out and did not want to come to Boston, are you going to apologize to the team and the Boston Bruins that you've been crushing the last couple days? Well, the answer to that question, fellas, ladies, whoever's asking, is no. I'm not going to fucking apologize for shit. Because as as much as I will admit, Don Sweeney looks a whole lot better today. He still doesn't look great. He still doesn't look great. And I still have questions. I still have questions. I still have questions. Questions that, let's be honest, I don't think we're ever going to get the answer to. But also questions that, I'm trying to realistically answer based on the things that I know. And first and foremost, the things that I know, here's, here's, well, I'm going to list them for you. I don't know if you got a pen, paper, you want to write this shit down. I don't know what the fuck you're doing when you listen to my show. To be honest, you can do whatever you want when you listen. Now, you know, this is a show that you get on your phone, you get on your tablet, uh, you can get on your computer, you can really get anywhere you want. Um... I don't know what you do when you listen to the show, but if you want to write it down, go ahead if you want to keep up. If not, here it goes. I'll list them for you. One, here's what I know. Dougie Hamilton was a restricted free agent. A restricted free agent. And I do believe that at some point yesterday, during all this, and even this morning, during all this, Dougie Hamilton wants it, wanted out, good for the Bruins, during all that, I do believe what's getting overlooked here is that Dougie Hamilton was a restricted free agent. He literally, literally had no leverage. Okay? None. Whatsoever. He was a restricted free agent. And that's why I kind of want you to get, go back and read Fluto Shinzawa's story today. Because he words it perfectly. And honestly, it's a great piece. It's a, it's, it's a phenomenal piece. And I think, it, I think it brings 
some reality. It brings some more reality to the situation, which is because, look, you got two sides. You got people that really want to come out and, and defend the bees. You got people that want to come out and crush the bees. And I was on the side of cr- uh, uh, someone that really wanted to crush the bees the, the last couple days, and I did crush the bees. But I'm even admitting to you, it looks like Dougie Hamilton wanted out. As much as I crushed the bees, Dougie Hamilton wanted out, and I will get the Bruins do look better today for that. I'm admitting that. But here's what I'm about the people that want to defend the bees, defend the Bruins, and have wanted to do this since the day of the trade. Since the numbers came out for Hamilton, what he wanted a week ago or two weeks ago. The people that want to defend the Bruins, okay? Here's what I want them to do. I just want them to acknowledge what the reality of this situation also was. Sure, Dougie Hamilton looks like he wanted out. I'll agree to that. But here's what you got to do. You want to defend the Bruins? You got to agree to this. And you actually, you have to agree to this because this is real. This is, this is true. Dougie Hamilton was a restricted free agent. Restricted. Which means that he has no leverage. Okay? Um, so that's what I know. He's restricted. And, and Fluto Shinzawa put it perfect in his story today. Here's what Fluto Shinzawa says in his story in the Boston Globe. He says, the Bruins didn't have much bargaining power at the time. They wouldn't have had it afternoon on Wednesday when Hamilton would have been free to sign an offer sheet. But power could have been shifted their way in September and October. By then, Hamilton had not received an offer sheet. He would have started to feel anxious. Even if he was unsigned by the time the season started, no 22-year-old wants to miss an entire year, regardless of how principled he is or how much he dislikes the coach. Some way, either via a matched offer sheet or a late signing, the Bruins would have had Hamilton under contract. He would have reported, cashed his checks, and played. At some point of his deal, Hamilton would have matured. Both player and organization would have thrived. And that gets back to ultimately Hamilton having no leverage in this situation. He was a restricted free agent. And I'm so glad that somebody out there wants to point that out. Because as I went back on Twitter yesterday and I read all this stuff about Dougie Hamilton, oh, he didn't want to return to the Bruins. He wanted out. So the trade ends up being good. I agree that he wanted out. I disagree that the trade ended up being good. Now, when I say ended up, that's not me already judging the picks that they took, uh, the draft picks that they made with the Dougie Hamilton trade. I I don't know what those kids are going to be. They could turn out to be very good, if not great players. But once again, I keep pointing out that we could be here, you know, four years from now with one of these kids and be in the same situation where they'd all of a sudden feel the need to trade this kid because uh, a player is asking for too much or maybe a player doesn't want to play here. You know, those things can happen. But when you're restricted, and I keep pointing out, Dougie was restricted. If a team gives him an offer sheet, which again doesn't ever really happen in the National Hockey League. I know you got to prepare for it, but if you are dead set on, if you want to bring Dougie back, which I, I would think that you'd want to, why wouldn't you want to? Again, why wouldn't you want to bring Dougie back? He's restricted. If a team gives him an office sheet, you want to bring him back, you know what you do? You match it. And if the Bruins matched an office sheet, guess what would happen? Dougie Hamilton would be a Boston Bruin. Okay? He would be a Boston Bruin. What's he going to do? Not not show up to work? I mean, come on now. You know, people pointed out the Don Sweeney quote that they said, well, we realize that Dougie Hamilton, he just wouldn't feel comfortable in a Bruins uniform. What's he going to do? Not play? <laughs> because I got news for you. When you're 22 years old and you signed a six-year contract, you got another contract at the age of 28, which by the way, will probably be his biggest contract. He knows that. His agent knows that. Dougie Hamilton, is as much as he wanted out of Boston, if he was signed to a deal with the Bruins, he's going to show up to work. And he's not just going to show up. He's going to play at a high level as, one, as your best defenseman. Okay? So he's restricted. Ultimately, he has no leverage. You, you can do it as a Bruins organization. 
if you really wanted Dougie Hamilton, okay, as much as we say it looks like he did not want to be here at all, and, and people are trying to point out reasons to me, like, oh, he doesn't like the coach. Oh, they should have got rid of the coach. Oh, you know what? He's an uppity kid. And, you know, some of the veterans just don't. Hey, you know, or Dougie just, he doesn't want to hang with the veterans and their wives. He wants to go out and party, and there's not many people that want to party with him. Uh, whatever. Whatever the reasons might be. Something's telling me that if Dougie Hamilton is playing in Boston for five and a half, six mil a year, he's going to find plenty to do for those six years with the five and a half, six mil a year that he's making. And he's going to have a whole lot of fun off the ice, right? <laughs> so, please, I, mean, I, I you know, he's restricted. Yes, Dougie didn't want to be here. But at the end of the day, he had no leverage. He wasn't an unrestricted free agent. And I feel like I was listening to con- and reading conversations and hearing people talk about this yesterday when he signed this deal with Calgary, which ends up being a steal. I feel like people were having this conversation with the idea in the back of their heads that Dougie Hamilton was unrestricted. You know, if Dougie Hamilton was an unrestricted free agent and he was set to, be- to test the open market today at noon, then I feel completely, I just, it, it's a completely different feeling. I say, well, you know what? The Bruins had, they had to make that move. Dougie didn't want to be here. They had to make that move. The move the Bruins made on Friday with Dougie Hamilton, knowing that he didn't want to play for the Boston Bruins, knowing that he didn't want to stay in Boston, or at least getting the feeling that he didn't want to stay here. The move they made on Friday, that's a move you make with a unrestricted free agent. Not a move you make with a restricted free agent who's a 22-year-old kid who's a top-pair defenseman who is going to be an absolute stud in the National Hockey League. They treated this like he was an unrestricted free agent, and he wasn't. He didn't have that much leverage. In fact, at the end of the day, he had no leverage at all. And if you're the Bruins, and you really want a Dougie Hamilton in a Bruins uniform next year, he could be in a, he'll be in a Boston Bruins uniform. He will. He was restricted. So as much as I sit here and tell you that I agree, I admit, looks like Dougie Hamilton didn't want to be a Bruin. Looks like he didn't want to stay in Boston. You have to, I have to take some of the blame away from the Bruins and put it on the player. There's no question about it. You know, it can't be just 100% on the Bruins. It can't. I'm going to be fair. It, as much as I've crushed the Bruins, I'll be fair. It, hearing this stuff from Dougie yesterday, the three things I pointed out, you cannot just put this on the Bruins. You can't. Don Sweeney, the Bruins, they look better today than they did yesterday. No question about it. But, just, but when you look better and the blame isn't 100% on you, there's still blame on you as a Bruins organization. There's still blame on you as Don Sweeney. And you don't look great. You look better, but you don't look great. I'm not letting you off the hook. Okay? That's what my point is today. Don Sweeney looks better. But I'm not fucking letting him off the hook. I'm not. I, I'm not doing it. For one of the reasons I just told you. Dougie Hamilton was restricted. They handled this like he was unrestricted. That's what they did. The other thing is, when you get back to the whole, Dougie didn't want to be in Boston. Right? Again, we're, we're assuming that. Because he did no comment it. And even though we're all going to say that a no comment is guilty as charged, which in this day and age, it really is. And I'm agreeing with you. It looks bad. But, you know, Dougie Hamilton also at the same time, he's a Calgary Flame now. And if I got traded and I was part of another team, I I don't know that I want to begin that tenure with that city, with that organization by saying, no, I, I, I still want to be a Bruin. <laughs> oh, well, I'm here for a conference call with you for my new deal with the Calgary Flames as, you know, uh, uh, really a kid that's going to be in the organization for a while. I, I'm not going to tell you that I want to still be a Boston Bruin, right? I, it's just not something I'm going to do. So that's also in my mind. But, you know, I, 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 under, I can understand the people that say no comment looks guilty as judged. Doesn't look, doesn't look good on Dougie's part. I agree. I agree with that. But this whole conversation of which is, again, it's not a, since he didn't admit to it, I guess we can't use it as a fact, as factual information. Can't use it as a fact. 
We have to use it as an assumption based on the things that we know. But here's another thing that I know. I told you there's things that I know, right? Which means I'm not going to apologize to the Bruins. One was that Dougie was restricted, and Dougie ultimately had no leverage. The other thing, here's what I know. As much as a player doesn't want to play and says he doesn't want to play for a team, here's what I know in professional sports. Money talks. Money talks. Money talks. And you know what heals all in professional sports? When you sign a check. When you sign a check that a player wants. And what Dougie Hamilton reportedly wanted was seven and a half mil over an eight-year span. Now, I get it. He didn't make any counteroffers to what the Bruins, the Bruins three offers. That's what we're hearing today from Fluto Shinzawa. Bruins made three offers, no counteroffers. And the Bruins' final offer, you know what it was? 5.5 mil a season over both four, five, and six-year terms, right? And the six-year term, the final offer, I assume, six years, 33 mil. Dougie Hamilton signed with the Flames, six years, 34.5 mil. You know, you're going to look at that and say, you know, at first glance, say, wow, that's, that's what happened? That's what he signed with for Calgary, but he wouldn't sign that with the Bruins. They couldn't get close to that with the Bees. He asked for 7.5 mil. He priced himself out of town. It's a couple things with that. When people say Dougie Hamilton didn't want to play for the Bruins, right? Which I'm agreeing, that's how it looks. Even when I say that, I guess I ask myself this question. What if the Bruins had offered Dougie Hamilton 6.5 or 7 mil a season? Would he have rejected that? It's an honest question. Honest question. As much as, as much as we think Dougie Hamilton, oh, we're trying to come up with reasons why he wouldn't play with the Bruins, oh, he wouldn't play for Claude Julien again. If the Bruins offered Dougie Hamilton $7 million a year, would he have rejected that? And again, the people that say that's too much money, I'm going to point out to you the, what, at least the market that veteran defensemen, what they want. Giordano today is asking for 72 mil over eight years, which is nine mil a season. He's going to be 32 in October. So does seven mil a year for a 22-year-old Dougie Hamilton seem crazy to you now? Again, as much as we keep saying Dougie didn't want to come to the Bruins, he was asking for 7.5 mil. What if you gave him seven? What if one of the three offers that the Bruins made was eight ye- was seven years. We'll give you seven years, seven mil a season. How about six years, seven mil a season? What, would Dougie Hamilton have rejected that? Well, we'll never know, obviously. We don't know the answer. We're just assuming. Just like we don't really know the answer as to Dougie Hamilton. Did he want to play in Boston, or was he going for the big bucks? Because when Dougie Hamilton then gets traded to the Calgary Flames, you know what the Calgary Flames did? is they did what the Bruins should have done. Realize that they had all the leverage in the world. Dougie Hamilton has no leverage. No leverage. Okay? So you know what happened? You know what happens? He signs a deal that looks like a steal. Signs a deal that looks like a steal. So perhaps Dougie Hamilton... When he asked for seven and a half mil from the Bruins, perhaps they, that's really what they were looking for. That they wanted, they really wanted the big payday for Dougie Hamilton. If people say he tried to price, him tell, price himself out of town on purpose, what if that's actually want, what he wanted? And when he went to Calgary, they basically said, well, we just traded for you. Guess what? You're not going to get that. And reality set in. The fact that Dougie basically had no leverage, okay? The Flames did what the Bruins should have done. And what ended up happening, the result of it, a six-year, $34.5 million contract that looks like a steal. That also now looks like Dougie didn't want to play for the Bruins. I'm agreeing it looks like he didn't want to play for the Bruins, but I'm also trying to be realistic with you to say that, wait a minute, as much as maybe Dougie didn't want to play for the Bruins and that you may think he priced himself out of town, and that the no comment looks like he didn't want to play here when asked he has a chance to deny it. All of that stuff looks like Dougie didn't want to play for Boston. But if you're the Bruins, 22-year-old stud defenseman, you have all the leverage, ultimately. You could have kept him here if you wanted. It looks like both sides ought to blame. Dougie didn't want to be a Bruin, 
and ultimately the Bruins didn't want Dougie Hamilton. Okay? They, they just didn't want to pay him the money. But my question is this. If Dougie, if the Bruins, if the Bruins said, you know what, we'll give you what you wanted. We'll give you what you want. Would they have not signed it? Would Dougie Hamilton have not signed a deal? He wouldn't have. And if they didn't, and they let it play out, and nobody gave him an office sheet, you th- you mean to tell me Dougie Hamilton's going to sit out and miss a season? Oh, please. Please. If you think Dougie Hamilton was going to sit out and miss a season, you're out of your mind. There's absolutely no way that that was going to happen. There's no way. And, and it... It comes back to me being a... This all comes back to, yes, me, I am a Dougie guy. And I just think that the Bruins would be better off signing a kid to a huge contract in which maybe at first he'd be unhappy living in Boston or playing for Claude Julien. But guess what? Those things are going to change. Okay? Those feelings are going to change. And you know what changes those feelings? Money. At the end of the day, this is all about money. We can say we want. He didn't want to play for the Bruins. He didn't want to play for Claude Julien. I got news for you. If the Bruins would have given Dougie Hamilton what he wanted or played hardball with him to the point where they basically say to him, you got no leverage, kid. Dougie Hamilton would still be a Bruin. He would. He'd still be a Boston Bruin. And you would have a damn good player on your hands. And a damn good player on your defensive core. And you go out to free agency today and you say, all right, look, we traded Lucic. Um, Maybe, you know, we're going to add a forward. We're going to have to shed some salary on this defensive core. We got to get rid of Seidenberg, right? You know, is Erickson's contract in play? Possibly. Um, Hey, if somebody wants Riley Smith, I'll give him his contract. You know, shed some salary cap space. But that's not where we stand today. It's not where we stand. Dougie Hamilton is a flame, and he is a flame for six years, $34.5 million, which again looks like a steal based on it's not much more than what the Bruins' final offer was to him. But still, you know, even though there were no counteroffers, I, I think Dougie's team said, hey, here's, a, here's what we want. You got to come closer than that. You got to come closer than that. And the Bruins didn't want to come closer than that. They treated this like he was unrestricted, and they traded him because they thought they could move up in the draft, and they failed at moving up in the draft. They couldn't do it. They made the picks. You got some kids. Uh, Yeah, you got some cap space now, but still, I would much rather have a Dougie Hamilton, even if it meant Dougie Hamilton for a couple months was going to – pout and cry that he was still a Bruin. He's not pouting and crying if you sign him to a huge contract. And I know people say, well, he's asking for too much money. I tell you what, I'm going to stand firm and tell you this. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I don't. And maybe that goes back to me just being a a Dougie Hamilton guy and telling you how I think his career is going to play out. I think this is still something the Bruins will regret. As much as we're going to talk about the next couple of weeks, months, years, that Dougie didn't want to be in Boston, well, he could have been still. He could have been because he was restricted. They treated it like he was unrestricted, and I do have a problem with that, which is why, even though I'm now today still, I am putting blame on Dougie. Okay? I am. At the same time, there are things that I question that I don't have answers to. And I am not taking blame away from the Bruins. They made the move at the end of the day. A move that, hey, as Fluto Shinzawa points out in the Globe, which is a great story, and I hope you go read it, a move they did not have to make. Still, as much as he could have said, Dougie Hamilton could have walked in the Bruins' locker room and he could have started breaking, breaking stuff. He could have. Could have walked in that dressing room. He could have been breaking shit. He could have, he could have went into Claude's office and, um, you know, flipped over his over his desk, and the Bruins could have sat back and said, "Dougie, Dougie, Dougie, you're gonna have to clean that up," you know. And if you don't, that's you taking money out of your own pockets because when it comes time to get the big contract, you're not gonna get it. Okay. Um, 
And when I say big contract, by the way, I mean when Dougie Hamilton's 27, 28 years old and he's up again for a new deal. Which will ultimately be his biggest one. Bigger than this. So Dougie Hamilton would play under any contract that you could come to an agreement on. Now, I know they couldn't come to an agreement on one, but he's not going to sit out a season next year. The Bruins had leverage. More leverage than they that than they 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 showed that they had. But also, there's a part of this that the Bruins, I think, just didn't see that Dougie Hamilton was the play that I seem to be. So they didn't want to spend the money on him. That's what I think this all comes back to. As much as we say Dougie didn't want to be here, the Bruins also didn't want to spend the money on him because as much as Dougie didn't want to be here, he was restricted, and he could still be here even though he didn't want to. Restricted. So I just need to point that out because I feel like people are ignoring that part of it. They are. And, you know, we'll see how the free agency stuff plays out. Anything that happens to it, Bruins, NHL, around the league, I'll react. Um, but, hey, if Giordano gets 72 mil over eight years, which is nine mil a season, and he'll be 32 in October, you mean to tell me that it would have been crazy, given the market for defensemen, that Dougie would, you know, you could have given him 7.5 mil? First of all, he would have never rejected that. I'm conf- Right. Uh, he wanted to give him 7 mil. I don't think he would have rejected 7 mil. I, I wonder if he would have rejected 6.5 mil if you gave it to him a year. It's a deal I would have made. But the Bruins, I can't ignore the fact. As much as it looks like Dougie didn't want to be here, I can't ignore the fact. It also looks like the Bruins still didn't want him and still didn't want to pay him. So, and I think when he got to Calgary, I think you then realize at that point, right, you realize when you're the Flames, at that point, that, you know, it's just, it's just, you had all the leverage. Calgary had leverage, and they knew it, and they used it, and that's what they did. And they made the deal with Dougie Hamilton. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on NHL free agency, but the Flames got a steal. They got a stud defenseman for years to come, and and, and the Bruins, I think, honestly, is they're going to regret it. Every, they're going to regret this. They are. They were going to regret it. So, all right. I got to get over that, too. I got to get over it. I know. Dougie's not a Bruin anymore. I know. Danny, you got to get over it. I got to get over it. I will. But as I see Dougie, when he plays in Calgary and he's an absolute beast, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to me. And all this stuff is going to come back. All of it is going to come back. But um, we'll move on. Baseball, afternoon baseball today. The Red Sox have now won three straight. Eddie Rodriguez last night. He was tipping his pitches last night, but they called him out on Nesson, and people have a problem with this. They have a problem with, with Nesson calling out Eddie Rodriguez last night, and I'm not that worked up about it. I'm not that worked up about it because I need, here's what I need to know. I need to know how Jerry Remy, and if you don't know the story of what happened last night on Nesson, Eddie Rodriguez pitched for the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox won their third straight game. But they showed video of what Eddie Rodriguez was doing in his previous outing and how he was tipping his pitches from the stretch with guys on base. He was lowering his head before the pitch, and it was going to be an off-speed pitch. And when he kept his head up before a pitch in the stretch, it was a fastball. Jerry Remy pointed out last night, they gave you video, this, that, the other thing. I thought it was great analysis. And guess what? I'm okay with it. I'm, if Eddie Rodriguez wants to tip his pitches, then he needs to fix that. If Jerry Remy wants to point it out, point it out. You're an analyst. You're a color commentator. That's what you are. Now, what happens if Jerry Remy points this out on, on his own and he asks Nesson to give the video and they give it to him? I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with that. I'm asking Jerry Remy to be an analyst. You know what happens if this stuff comes out, if it gets out, and the Red Sox didn't pick, and, and you know, Jerry Remy didn't pick up on it? You know what happens? People criticize Jerry Remy. Oh, he's not doing his job. He's not a good enough analyst. Fuck that. Jerry Remy, whether he saw it himself or whether the Red Sox leaked that, all I know is Jerry Remy had it. And he used it. And I'm fine with it. But it, it, whatever, whatever way it went down, however Remy knew about it or got the video, I don't even care. I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he pointed it out to us. Because Eddie Rodriguez... He struggled badly in his last outing. 
But here's what I also think is an issue. More than, you know, the tip and pitches thing, it's bad. But it's even worse when you tip pitches and you only use two of your three pitches. And that's what Eddie Rodriguez was doing. He was only using two of his three pitches. You know, the two, you know, the, the previous terrible outing, he didn't use um, his slider. And then in the last outing, which he was tipping his pitches, he didn't use his changeup. So tipping your pitches is terrible. It's even worse when you're only tipping using two pitches and you're not using your third. Okay? So, I, I mean, look, I'm glad the Red Sox pointed it out. I'm glad the Red Sox won. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Eddie Rodriguez, he'll figure it out. He'll stop tipping his pitches. And when he's not tipping his pitches, here's what we know. He's a dominant pitcher. That's really all. That's really all we should be talking about now. Not that we should be knocking Remy for showing it, knocking Nesson. Whether he figured it out on his own or whether the Red Sox see and he figured it out on his own, I'm fine with it. If if the if the Red Sox somehow gave that video to Nesson from the use or leaked that out, no, that's I'd be mad at the Red Sox. So in neither in neither case am I mad at Jerry Remy. If you have it, use it. You're an analyst, okay? Use it. I'm glad he did. Not gonna knock him for it. Red Sox win. Win four three. Uh, Estrada last night had nothing for Toronto. Afternoon baseball today. Hanley Ramirez back in the lineup, and he is hitting cleanup. I believe. Um. And I get that the obvious play here is, and the obvious argument is, Anley can't be in the lineup. You can't put him back in. Yeah, he was injured, and now he's back. Guess what? Hanley Ramirez is healthy. He's got to play. All right? (laughs) Okay. Like, Hanley Ramirez has to play. He leads the team in home runs with 15. He leads the team in RBIs with 38. And uh, it's not like he's hitting 202. He's hitting 283. You gotta play Hanley Ramirez. I get you don't like his outfield, but at the plate, he's still a productive hitter. And if you look at the numbers, one of the more productive hit- productive hitters on this team. And guess what? With Rick Porcello on the mound today, you might need some offense. <laughs> All right, Hanley's got to play. I know that it's. It, it, you know, it's the obvious thing for people to sit there and say, well, they've been winning. Hanley Ramirez, come on. He's got to play. Leads the team in home runs. Leads the team in RBIs. Has a monster contract. He's hitting 283. He's got to play. All right? That's that. Now, you just, I guess you wonder what happens after the season. You wonder where they go. You know, with that position. You wonder, you, let's say they do something, they move Hanley to the infield, what do they do in the outfield? I had a look at possible free agents today for next year. A couple outfielders that jump out to me. We'll get into this in, uh, you know, in days ahead, right? And maybe we'll save, maybe we can save it all the way till next winter. Justin Upton, right-handed outfielder, about 27, 28 years old. And then Jason Haywood, 26-year-old outfielder, 27-year-old outfielder, left-handed those guys jump off the, the screen to me when I'm reading them. Jump off the page. But really nothing crazy for the outfield that you could get, especially right-handed power hitters. Justin Upton, as close as, as it comes to being, you know, also young enough where you'd want to give a big deal to. Um, so uh, there's plenty of time to talk about that. But for right now, man, I know that people get fired up and, and they look at Hanley and maybe you don't like his attitude, you don't like his defense, you don't like his personality. But the bottom line is this. He's one of the team's best hitters. He's under a huge contract. He's got to play. All right? That's it. I mean, let's be realistic. He's got to play. He's got to play. Closing out the show on this uh, Wednesday late morning, early afternoon, as we do have afternoon baseball today, Red Sox Toronto in Toronto. I'll break that down tomorrow. Also break that down tonight on WEEI. 93.7 93.7 FM here in Boston. Just a, a quick note here, UFC 189 for the fight fans, and I know I have some who are fans of this show because we've done some fight stuff, boxing, UFC, and yes, don't roll your eyes, we've done some WWE stuff too, because, and you can't roll your eyes because UFC and WWE, I think, are in cahoots. And I know two different things with respects to uh, one is predetermined outcome and the other is actual, you know, um, fight in an octagon, but guess what? Like it or not, they are in cahoots. UFC 189. It is, un- it is so unfortunate that I have to say this, what I'm about to say to you. 
Aldo has pulled out of the McGregor fight. Aldo has pulled out of the McGregor fight. And McGregor, Aldo, that that is awful news for UFC, for UFC fans, for fight fans in general. This is something that we were looking at and a fight that we were looking at and just you couldn't wait for it, right? I, at least I know I couldn't. And I'm not a UFC season ticket holder. But I still wanted to see this fight because the build-up to this fight was so big. And maybe that has to do with McGregor. And McGregor's not stopping after this is done. Here's a quote from McGregor after Aldo pulls out with a rib injury for UFC 189. McGregor says, quote, If a man is scared for his life, we cannot force him to step inside and fight me. Doctors have cleared him to fight. It's a bruise, but he still pulled out. Rightfully so, the belt should be taken from him, and we will contest for the interim belt, or in my opinion, the real belt. But then he was asked, they saw him on SportsCenter, Conor McGregor was asked, uh, what's he, what is he going to do to the guy he will fight instead, who is now by the name of Chad Mendez. Uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Here's what McGregor said what he's going to do to him. He says, quote, I'm going to rip his head off. <laughs> so McGregor is not going to slow down the whole um, build up to any fight. He's still going to try and get you to watch. But the bottom line is this. I will not be watching Mendez McGregor. It just won't happen. I would have watched Aldo McGregor. Not going to watch this one. A just unfortunate, terrible news, brutal news to UFC and to any fight fan that was looking forward to this fight that had insane build up to it. Just awful news today with regards to what's going on with UFC 189. Any other news on that? Also, NHL free agency, NBA free agency, and uh, Major League Baseball news. Any news, I'll break it down on this show five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Tomorrow is the last show of the week, and it will be available later than usual. Probably won't be available until tomorrow night. Uh, so until then, I'll be on WEEI tonight. You can get every episode of the Danny Picard Show on iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts, really, also at DannyPicard.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. I'm there. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.